Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 155 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. Six things indie retailers should know about search engine optimization. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. My intention for this episode is to really introduce search engine optimization, or what we also call SEO, to indie retailers. I want to explain some of the common SEO terms and fields so that you can understand how to use these for your retail business. I, of course, I have to add that I am not an SEO expert. I have been a blogger, oh my goodness, for 10 plus years now. So I am familiar with SEO. I recently hired someone for the Savvy Shopkeeper website to do some SEO work, which I've never done before. So between the hire, what I've learned, everything I've implemented over the years, definitely using WordPress because you learn a lot about SEO using WordPress. Uh, I do have some information to share, but I am not an expert in this field. I want to explain it so that you can understand it and see if it's something that you want to do for your own website. So SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. It is the practice of increasing the quantity and quality of traffic to your website through organic search engine results. And you're like, okay, Kathy, what the heck does that mean? So let's say, for example, if you're a soy candle maker in Ohio, when someone searches for soy candles Lakewood, Ohio, the ultimate goal is for your website to rank in the top 10 or, you know, that first page of results so that people will find you in your business. If you design, I don't know, boho jewelry in Tampa, Florida, and someone searches beautiful boho necklace, again, you want your website to come up. This can be accomplished by using SEO on your website or SEO tools or the fields that are available to you on your website. So that's part one is what is SEO? And I know sometimes giving examples of how it relates to us retailers is helpful. So the next question you might have is, where do I enter this information, the SEO information? And I'm gonna try to keep this super simple. If you're on Shopify or Square, you should see SEO-specific fields that you would fill in for each page you create on your website or if you're blogging on those blog posts. And really all you do is fill in the blanks to start. (laughs) I'm probably oversimplifying it, but we have to start somewhere. What I think I, what I'm hoping that this episode will do is keep you from leaving the fields blank. Something is better than nothing. If you're on WordPress, for example, you're going to want to download the Yoast, and that's Y-O-A-S-T, the Yoast plugin. This makes SEO 
so much easier to implement. But I want to add a disclaimer. Most retailers are not going to be on WordPress, at least brick and mortar retailers. And the reason why is WordPress really isn't ideal for the brick and mortar retailer because you don't have a point of sale system to use with WordPress. This is why I always say when people are opening their brick and mortar stores, go with one platform that gives you the ability to do everything, the ability to have a point of sale system that syncs with email, that syncs with your point of sale system. Did I say that already? That syncs with your website, that syncs with your e-commerce. You really want to choose an all-in-one platform because it makes things easier. I've talked about this in the past, but when I started my own business, my own retail business, we were on WordPress because we were a blog. So of course that made sense. That's how my business started, but it grew from there. So I just want to go back a little bit to make sure that you understand. If you're on Shopify or Square and you're in your dashboard and you go to build a page, let's say you go to build an about page. If you scroll down and you're in the middle of like filling in all of the fields and typing in the text that would go on your page, if you scroll down at the bottom, there are fields for SEO. You might have overlooked them because you didn't know what it meant or you didn't know what to do with it. Now, if your website or e-commerce site is on another platform, you're going to want to either use help articles or reach out to the company to find out how you can use SEO and where you enter in SEO information. I'm just the most familiar with Shopify and Square and WordPress because of my history, but I would imagine that other website platforms have other areas that you can fill in this information. If you're working with a web designer, ask them if they offer this service or if they charge more for an SEO service. Is it included in your web design package? I'm not saying that we all have to do our own SEO. You can, however, do that or you can hire it out. This episode is brought to you by my free resource, 100 plus social media ideas and prompts for retail store owners. It's easy to get into a rut with social media marketing and not know what to post about. Get this 21-page downloadable resource filled with a list of long ideas so you can be inspired to post and market your brick-and-mortar store. Visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash 100 ideas. It's the number 100 and the word ideas all together. SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash 100 ideas and sign up for my newsletter to get the list. So if you caught last week's episode, you'll you'll know that I mentioned that I lost my voice after America's Mart and I'm still struggling. So if you hear my voice coming in and out, that's that's why. If you hear it, If you hear a little bit of raspiness, that's what's going on. Okay, so the next part of this episode that I want to talk about is what are the SEO sections that you need to know about or the terms that you might want to become familiar with? And there's six of them. The terms or the fields where you enter this information, they're going to vary from platform to platform. But I'm going to mention the six that I know of that are used the most maybe on a platform that has all of this information like WordPress. Number one is keywords. Keywords are the words you'll be identifying as as the ones that you think your audience will be searching for and that you want Google to show your content in their search results. 
So again, you're like, okay, Kathy, what does that mean? For example, when I write savvy for Savvy Shopkeeper, some of the content keywords that I use are inventory turnover, profit margin, brick and mortar store, pop-up shops. Those are all keywords that you're probably searching for when you're looking for answers to some of your questions. The one thing that's important here with keywords is you want to focus on people, not just search engines. So I think sometimes when people think SEO, we think like big strategy. It can feel like we need to get technical in our strategy in order to have pages and posts rank better. However, if you build your content with people in mind, it will do or I think perform better for search engines. Think about your ideal customers. What are their pain points? How do you provide or how does your store and your products provide a solution? And what is it that they're likely searching for? You will reach the right people, I think this is more important, than landing at the top of Google. For instance, my own store. I would think about frequently asked questions in my own store. What are all of the common questions my customers ask us, especially around paint and painted furniture? If I'm writing content that specifically answers their common questions or what I think they'll be searching for in Google, then SEO is going to work in my favor, you know? I have one keywords tip for you too. Whether you're writing content for your homepage or if you're writing content for a blog, and and many retail store owners have blogs, take words that are the focus of your content. So for example, I would focus on furniture or Furniture Lakewood, Ohio. Or let's say, for example, we have a Master Shopkeepers member who's a fine chocolatier in New Jersey. She would use keywords like fine chocolates, New Jersey. You want to take some of those keywords that you think your customers are looking for, and you're going to search these words yourself in Google or Pinterest, or maybe even a keyword tool like Moses. I think it's called Moses Keyword Explorer. Go ahead and practice or use those keywords that you think people are looking for and type them into Google and Pinterest or Moses Keyword Explorer and see what else comes up. Because what's cool about those places, the Google and the Pinterest, is they have guided search features. And this means as you start to type in words, other words are going to appear, other words that people are searching for. So it's, again, there's a reason it's called a guided search. It's because these platforms will give you additional words that your customers might be looking for, and that's really helpful too. It's also okay to be specific rather than broad. So for example, instead of just, you know, using a keyword of furniture store, I might use custom painted furniture or refurbished furniture. Again, I want to dig deep into what it is that my customer will be searching for on Google. Number two is your content title. That would mean if you're writing a blog post, the title of your blog post or the title of your page. So the title of your page, like if you have an about page, it would be about. If you have a home page, it's home. Maybe if you have um, a paint, if you're selling paint and you have a paint page, maybe it's Wise Owl Paint. We sell Wise Owl Paint in our store. So you want to get specific with those titles and you want to give them titles that your customers would be searching for. 
I want to add, for those of you who maybe have a special app for SEO, you're taking it one step further, there's also the ability to give your blog post or your pages different titles that are SEO specific. I don't want to complicate it here. I just want to make sure that you're using the page title and that you're titling it something that your customers would naturally be searching for. I'll just leave it at that. This episode is brought to you by my free resource, Tools of the Retail Trade Resource Guide, a 28-page downloadable resource filled with software, tools, and equipment recommendations just for brick-and-mortar retail store owners. Learn what I use and what other store owners are using. Visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash resources. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash resources and sign up for my newsletter to get the guide. Number three is the slug, what's known as the slug. Yeah, like a bug, S-L-U-G, a slug. It's also known as your URL handle. And I think most of us know what the URL is. It's the actual link that's provided or that you would be searching in Google for a full blog post or a page. For example, I wrote a blog post for Savvy Shopkeeper on the topic of Tundra versus Fair. The title of the URL is SavvyShopkeeper.com slash, and then the title of the blog post. That's the full slug or URL for my blog post. SEO practices state that the slug should be short and contain your focus keyword if possible. So let's say, for example, you're writing a blog post on, I don't know, I should have been more prepared for this. I'm trying to think of like something else other than a furniture store. Let's say you're writing a blog post about hanging a gallery wall. You want to make sure that your keywords are gallery wall and that gallery wall is also included in your URL. So you want to make sure your slug, that's the part that comes after your website link, includes the words gallery wall. I hope that makes sense. Number four is meta description. This is also known as just the description. This description is what will be shown as the first few lines of text under the title when your content shows up in search results. So if you think about when you Google something, you'll see, I don't know, 20 results on that first page of Google. And it will be articles that Google believes are the best match for what you searched. When you see those results, you'll see usually like in like darker, bold blue, the title of the blog post, for example, or the article. And then below that, you're going to see several sentences. This is really important because you want to write out your own sentences. Otherwise, Google's just going to pull whatever is in the, the blog post or whatever the first few sentences are on that page. It might not make sense. So you want to fill in all of the descriptions, particularly for the pages on your website. This is an opportunity to write click-worthy descriptions because it's not enough just to show up in Google, right? Like when you're scanning those results in Google, you want to make sure that what you click on really makes sense for what it is that you're searching for. So take the time to fill in those descriptions. I guess that's my point. 
it's usually only two sentences. You want to keep it short and sweet. And some of the tools, I think in Shopify, for example, it tells you keep it to, I don't know, maybe 200 words, and it actually counts the words for you. So you can go ahead and tweak it until you actually get it to the right amount. And then you make sure you're you're ensuring that that description is what you want your customers to read, not what Google is pulling for you. Writing descriptions can be challenging for the new SEO writer, but it does get easier with time, so just go ahead and get started. You'll find yourself getting creative with it too. It's kind of fun. And I'll be honest, the Yoast SEO plugin on WordPress makes SEO easier, but I understand that not all retail store owners do it. So make sure that you're just using the most that you can out of all of the fields that your platform gives you. Number five is alt text messages. This is SEO for images, pretty much. Like it's just, you're just adding words to all of your images. This is the text that's tied to the image. It explains what the image is, and it's important because it can be used by search engines too. So when people are typing in a search for something, not only is Google searching for words, in text and in the body of pages and blog posts, it's also searching images. So when you add images to your website for products, for your homepage, if it just says image underscore 9045, that doesn't really help your SEO, right? So it's important that you name your images. Now, before you lose your mind on me, I understand that some of us add hundreds and thousands of products to our websites and e-commerce stores every year. Am I saying that everything needs to be titled? No. Am I saying that it would help your SEO? Yes. So I just want to make sure that I mention it. Adding images just with an image number really doesn't do your website or your search engine optimization any service. So if you can at least title the images on, on like your five main pages, that is going to help your SEO. Number six is linking, really focusing on collaborations. You want to try to get other businesses and websites to link to your website. It might be that someone else is writing a story about you. So recently, we were featured in an article on Cleveland Magazine. And if that article links to our website, that's a bonus for us. That's telling Google that we have valuable content and that people are collaborating with us and that it's a legitimate business or it's worth pulling into, you know, the Google rankings. I also do this in return for other shopkeepers. So for example, whenever I do a a shopkeeper stories interview and we do the show notes for those interviews, I make sure that those those shopkeepers who I've interviewed, we link to their websites, we link to their Instagram, to their TikToks, to their Facebook, because this helps them build authority in the world of Google, or in the world of searches. You want to make sure that linking is authentic. You don't want to pay for backlinks. If you have ever heard of this, it's not going to be helpful to you. Google doesn't like this. So make sure that the linking is legitimate. Again, I want to note that you may not see all of these terms that I mentioned or fields on the platform you use. SEO feels and seems really advanced or techy to retailers, but it doesn't have to be tricky or complicated. 
Just think about who your ideal customer is or what they might be looking for or searching for and tackle it one step at a time. If you've had your website for years and you have, I don't know, X amount of pages and products, the process of implementing SEO is going to feel overwhelming. So this is what I recommend. I recommend going into your analytics and seeing what are your top five to seven pages that people are visiting on your website and just focus on those to start. So for instance, your home page, most likely your about page, maybe even your contact page and any other page that's frequently visited. Use your analytics to find out where your customers are visiting the most and then fill in the blanks for those SEO fields. And then you can go from there. I wouldn't say that you, you know, in, like, I don't think I would tell any retailer that they have to get SEO done for their thousands of products on their website. Don't do that, but go ahead and focus on those five to 10 main pages and get the SEO done on that because I truly think SEO is helpful and we don't utilize it enough. As your business grows, You can learn more about SEO and be strategic about it, or maybe you can hire someone to handle it for you. If you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, you can visit my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 155. And I'm going to leave and end this podcast episode before I completely lose my voice. But I want to add to if you have any questions, like I know this episode probably wasn't totally easy to digest. If you have questions about SEO, please DM me on Instagram. You can do that at Savvy Shopkeeper. I would love to know how I can help answer some more questions on this subject. I really tried to keep it as simple as possible. It could get really, really technical and involved. And again, I think the biggest takeaway I want you to have here is just to get started. It's okay if we start somewhere, right? Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.